listening to On The Road with Mike and Andy, the number one Australian weekly trucking podcast made for Aussie truckies by Aussie truckies. Listen to On The Road on the Australian Big Rigs Radio Roadshow and via podcast on SoundCloud, iTunes, Spotify and now also on iHeartRadio. Just search for On The Road Aussie Trucking Podcast. On The Road is brought to you by NTI, Australia's leading transport and logistics insurer. Visit the website at nti.com.au. Welcome back to the show. This week, Mike has an eye-opening chat with trucking tax specialist Ben Charles. We give you a revealing look at trucking life in the UK with the Reverend Simon Sideways. Mike Wax is lyrical about the wild, wild west in our Something to Talk About segment, plus our regular on-the-road news and some great music from Irish trucker and singer-songwriter Marty Moan. All this and more, so let's get this show on the road! Yes, get on with it! G'day, I'm Yogi from Outback Chuckers, and when I'm on the road, we're always on the road doing stuff out on the road, but when we're on the road, we're listening to the big rigs on the road. <laughs> this is Simon Smith here from the Australian Big Rig Radio Roadshow.com. Truck and radio is what we do across Australia 24 7. Loads of truck and classics every hour. If you'd like to drop us a line, love to hear from you at some stage. Our email address, bigrigradio at yahoo.com.au. Catch it down the road and take it steady out there. The Australian Big Rig Radio Roadshow.com. Whenever we can, we try to bring a little international trucking flavour to our show. So think of On The Road as your trucking travelogue. With that in mind, this week, and at the suggestion of one of our Irish listeners, yeah, we've got listeners all over the world, we've been introduced to an Irish trucker who's also a great singer, songwriter and recording artist from Ireland. He mixes regular trucking music with a big serving of Celtic diddly-diddly folk music, to be sure, to be sure. A wonderful talent who's equally at home behind the wheel as he is behind the microphone in a recording studio. Here's Marty Moan with Truck and Roll. Truck and roll in the open road and the boat across the sea. Well, I don't like the loneliness, but it sure is good to be free. The side pipes glide along the side as the stacks roll black as gold. And trucking through the night, like thunder we do roll. The driveway's dig in this rock and roll rig as the side pipes sing its tune. Across the river D at a quarter past three as the lights shine up the moon. Send an Instagram off the needle hand, point straight down at your knee. The reefer, the can of the bulker man, and the skateboard side 83. Like a road train and the hammer lane, northbound, over and down. On the 68, running late, changing down through Castleside Town. Hauling loads and going to truck shows, I tune up, gig and drive. Then follow the throttle, we be rocking back down to 75. And here's the wall of the truck.
came across this bloke called the Truckies Tax Accountants on Facebook. It's tax time, it's topical, and apparently we're getting it all wrong. So I thought I'd give this bloke a ring and organise for him to come on the show. This is not a paid advertising or anything like that. I'm not endorsing this guy. What I am doing is talking to someone who I believe knows what he's talking about. His name's Ben Charles. He is an accountant. What have we got to lose? Tax time. We give him too much money already. <laughs> Let's see about if we can minimise some tax. I think Packer said something about that in the early 90s, didn't he, Ben? He mastered it. The boys who know their business pay very little tax. Yeah. I'm not saying that's fair, but yes, you'd rather be informed and claim what you're entitled to rather than keep fucking up and doing what's happening. And I can tell you the truckies have more to claim than any other profession in Australia. And right now, local guys are only coming in by about 26000 a year and line hall or interstate guys are undercoming by about 46,000, up to 46,000 a year. Wow. That's 1.5 to 2.5 million in underclaimed expenses over 55 years of trucking career. So yeah, it's well and truly worth paying attention. And everything I tell you about today is available at the Australian Tax Office information, ato.gov.au. Or if you're like me and you'd like to talk to someone, 132861. All I'm doing is bringing this information to their attention because quite simply, tax preparers have not done so for all their life. Well, I thought I've done pretty well. I had an accountant do my tax the last several years and I always managed to get a bit back rather than paying. I claim my living away from home and my tools and my fridge. Is there more? What am I missing out on, mate? Well, for a start, you're under the illusion that you could possibly be paying tax. If your company's done the right thing, hmm. then the tax withheld has been put aside to cover your tax. Yes. The reason why you get a refund is because tax withheld is based on zero deductions, i.e. how much tax you have to pay on your income. Yep. So that means for every dollar you claim, you should be getting about 48.5 or 50 cents tax. So think of it that way. So therefore, if you're claiming 40,000, you're going to get a 20,000 refund. Hmm. That's the basic principle. So what have you done wrong? Let me be clear. I don't want to be critical of individuals. But I am critical overall of the tax market because you might be different, but most people get it done in 10 to 15 minutes, are clueless about what they're claiming, mm. are clueless about what they're entitled to claim, and that's what we're doing. We've been doing it for 15 years, and we've got thousands of truckies, and every one of them is very grateful because they now know what the fuck is going on. <laughs> so specifically for you, you're on the road, so I'm going to assume you're doing line haul or interstate. What you should be doing is you should be claiming your car because the rule is people sometimes claim it, most don't. And if they do claim it, they're only claiming the 5,000 kilometer method or cents per kilometer. Yep. Because you carry bulky items with you to work, you've mentioned a fridge, an oven, your swag, your tools, your wet weather gear, all that stuff together constitutes what is called bulky items. And therefore you fall within the bulky item exception that allows you to claim your car from home to work. So for every truckie out there, that's the first thing they've got to ask themselves. Am I carrying bulky items from home to work, whether I'm a local driver or I'm an interstate driver? And they tick that box, then they claim their car. Now, the second step, which is very important, is don't just use a lazy method, 5,000 kilometers. It might be fast, it might be lazy, but you're dropping about 80% of your claim. The method you want to use is called the logbook method. Mm. By keeping a logbook for only 12 weeks every five years, assuming you have the same house, car, and job, by keeping a logbook, which shows, example, you claim 90% of your kilometers in that car are for work, then you get to claim 90% of all the costs associated with your car, including depreciation, loan interest, fuel, of course, rego, insurance, and it goes on. That's typically, we find about fifteen dollars to $20,000. So let's take an example of my logbook shows me that 90% of my kilometers are for work. I claim 90% of 15000 Therefore, I'm claiming 13500 or if I'm 100% of 18,000, I'm claiming 18,000. Instead of being minimized or maximized at claiming 3,400 last year, this year it'll be 3,600, 72 cents a kilometer. That's a big mistake. People don't know when to claim it. And if they do claim it, yay, they still can only claim the 5,000 kilometer method. There's the first 15, 20 grand that you've dumped. Mm. The second thing you're not claiming properly, and we help our clients by giving them what is called the tax mother card. <laughs> It's a simple bank card, but you use it only for tax expenses. Right. So if everything you buy for your car, every meal from the hamburger doesn't cover condoms and hookers, for everything you buy on the road for your car and your pair of boots and your anti-sweat undies and your high-vis socks and your shower thongs, 
It's a long list. I've got 52 items. Right. But everything that's work-related, you pay for with the tax motherfucking card. Mm. You ask for the receipt. You photograph the receipt. And you take that photograph to your email address. Right. We'll go through that detail with clients. But what that does is you just do your job driving the truck and we do the bitch work. All that information is on a bank statement. So that bank statement is now your checklist. Yep. And all the information if the ATO wants to see it is in the email inbox. You're covered, totally covered. What you're going to find is because you're allowed to claim up to $105.57 when you're on the road, that comes up with breakfast, $25.75 max, lunch, $29.35, and dinner, $50.65, in case someone wants to know where that figure comes from. Yep. And it's the three figures you'll find if you look on ato.gov.au. So this rounded off to $100, so you know what I'm talking about. Yep. If you're on the road, if you're doing it the typical five nights, six days, and you're on the road 50 days a year, that's 32 grand. Yep. There's 32 grand. Now, you might be eating carrots and drinking air, in which case you're not going to claim that. You don't just claim it. But what happens is their tax agents don't even bother to calculate it. They just take the amount they've received as overnight allowance, and they just plug it into travel expenses. That short changes them by about eight to 10 grand. Again, I can't be specific mm. because some people are on diets. Some people are like me and they eat loads of food. But whatever it is, keep a simple record of it using our free and easy method. And therefore, at the end of the day, we'll claim out every stick of gum, every hamburger, every coffee, V and so forth that you consume while you're trucking. So there's just two big things. Between those two, 15 grand for the car, 30 grand for your travel meals, that's 46 grand. That's where that 46 grand comes from. Right. And then with local drivers, they can't claim all their meals, but what they can claim is something called an overtime meal expense. And both long and short haul awards indicates that when you work more than an hour and a half overtime, you're entitled to a break. And during that break, you're entitled to receive an overtime meal allowance. That's important. But what's important is you're allowed to claim up to 31.25 without receipts. So if you have a Mac attack at uh, your second break, not five hours after the 10 and a half hour, you pull up, have a Mac attack, yep. you chow down 18 bucks, another five bucks for a four pack of V, and there's 23 bucks. Again, if you're working six days a week over 50 weeks, that's the better part of 8,980 bucks. Yep. Okay, so they're the big ticket items. Yep. After that, we go through everything A to Z and we teach you what to pay for with the tax motherfucking card so you don't miss a dollar. Right. Right. All right, so that's it in a nutshell. Right. Well, that's all pretty straightforward. So what about living away zone allowances and things like that? For me, right now, I'm a fly-in, fly-out worker. Yep. company provides a house for me to live in, but I've still got to pay for all my food and that. I've got to eat anyway. I can't claim any of that, can I? You're correct. And a lot of people mistake allowance for expense. Allowance is an income. I can assure you, and I think you probably know, when it comes to the ATO, they're not going to miss a dime that you earn. Mm. Don't worry about your income. Worry about your expenses. Your role to get you the biggest and safest tax return is to document and document everything you spend money on. Mm. So when you're away, they changed it about three years ago, but it used to be you could claim meals, but now they say, well, you're gonna be eating if you're living at home, so you may as well pay. Mm. You're right, you might say, but it's more expensive in Thargaminda mm. or Uluru, but they don't account for that. We are having an argument, we're looking for what is called an income tax ruling on saying, well, if these are paying 50% more when they're driving from Pilbara to Northern Territory, then they should be able to be compensated for the 50% at least. So mm. there are arguments to and from, but right now, no, it doesn't make a difference. You just get that income and you claim it. But what you can do while you're away, if you're not being fed at camp and you're hitting the vending machine and you're working a 12-hour day, then those last four hours are called overtime and any food or drink you consume during overtime, you can claim as an overtime meal expense if you're receiving an allowance. Right. So if you're not receiving an allowance, what happens then? You get butt the second time. <laughs> first time the employer is meant to okay if you read any award yep. any award i mean the whole concept of awards and unions and they're flagging i know but the whole concept of an award is to say let's outline the things you're entitled to what happens is the award is meant to be translated or absorbed into an enterprise bargaining agreement workplace agreement collective whatever you want to call it but if you go and grab it off the lunchroom desk and have a flick through to the content page you'll see allowances flick to allowances and you'll see overtime meal allowance read the conditions and you'll say that's me but then you realize you've been butt by the boss because he's not paying you it. That wouldn't be so bad. You could live with that. But what's worse is the ATO then says, you're not allowed to claim overtime meal expense unless you receive a bona fide overtime meal allowance. So you've been Pulp Fiction. <laughs> you've got a great turn of phrase. What's... You sure you never drove a truck at some stage? <laughs> no, no, but I'm a born actor. You're right. But yes, I'm an entrepreneur <laughs> and that comes with part of it. But yeah, I'm quite passionate about this concept. It's very simple, yeah. very simple.
We'll be back right after this. There's nothing more devastating for a truck operator than to be involved in a serious road incident. We've all seen the impact of heavy vehicle accidents and at these times, when people are most vulnerable, it's critical that they have immediate support from a strong, stable, reliable and experienced organisation. NTI is Australia's number one truck insurer, the specialist you can count on to protect your transport and logistics assets, with the know-how to take control of the situation and the capability to reduce lost income by getting trucks back on the road again as soon as possible. Specialist products, experienced people, accredited repair and recovery networks and industry advocacy is what we do. It's our specialty and we've been doing it for more than 45 years. For more information, visit the website at nti.com.au or go to the NTI Facebook page. Right, so the best way though really is to get someone that knows what they're looking at take your information do a little bit of work keep a logbook as you say get the card that you just have the statement you can print out have that documentation there and then go and make the case because i don't know about you but the greatest fear i have in my life is that the ato are going to come after me with a red poker i understood so we are at the vanguard of accountants. Hmm. So when you say go and see someone, alas, and this sounds egotistical, but there is no one like us. Hmm. And when you say do some work, you keep a logbook for 12 weeks every five years. That's what you have to do. Yep. Using a card, you're going to pay for something anyway. Yep. So the two things I'm going to get you to do and bitch slap you all year round to make sure you do it mm-hmm. is I want you to keep a logbook. Yep. I want you to call our hotline and we're open 365, 24 hours a day. If you change your house or your car or your job, he's saying, hey, dummy, you need to keep a new logbook because the old one's invalidated by the change. Yep. Okay, so we're available on one 24 hours a day, free of charge to update, right? And we give you feedback. Yep. So that's all you have to do. That's not a lot. You're paying for the card and photographing it. Pretty easy. You get the invoice, take a snap, and rather than sending it to your mate, you're texting it to your email address. It's the same action. So no, I want to rephrase the way you said it, do a little bit of work. Everyone shies away at that because you guys are already under the pump doing 14 plus hours a day and that's on the books. Yeah. So we know that you're already under the pump. Money doesn't matter when you're tired. Things like taking a dump, having a drink, having sex, these things take precedence depending on how you feel. Right. And when you're tired, you go, don't care. Yeah. And that's why you see these apps that ask you to record 500 things before you can itemize your invoice. So we dumbed it down. Yeah. Take a photograph. Text it. That's all you do. We take care of the rest. Right. And then what they text it to you? No, they text it to themselves. Okay. So I get it. Everyone has their own bank account. Yep. We get their bank statement, not access their account. Yep. Everyone creates an address. So you'll have Williams tax receipts at gmail.com. That's your address. Yep. You save that in your phone. So you create a contact on your phone called AA tax receipt. Yep. So it's the very first contact. And you save Williams tax receipts at gmail.com. It can be anything. It could be Hotmail, whatever you can grab. You're never going to write it again apart from the one time you write it into your phone. So then you walk up to the cash register to buy your boots or your tank of gas or your hamburger on your truck driving, pull out your tax card, which has got a big orange sticker, so it jumps out you like a vampire yeah. or a rattlesnake every time you open up. You pay for it with the right card. No hardship there. Yeah. You hold the receipt in your hand, photograph it, immediately text it, and that way every transaction is in the bank statement, amount, and the invoice is in the email box. So, yeah, we're designing our clients to be audit-proof because you guys have more to claim. Yeah. Yes, you might hate the ATO, but if they do audit, we take care of it free of a charge, and what we do is go, here's your tax return, here's our work papers, yeah. here's the bank statements, and by the way, go nuts. All the invoices are in the email box, and at some point in the very near future, the ATL will recognize that you're one of our clients and they'll go, there's no point. These guys are followed. Yeah. You see? So that's what you want to do. Yeah. You don't have to do anything but do what I tell you to do. <laughs> right. So we do our bit of work and all the rest. Now, what happens when you go to the lunch truck and you give the bird 10 bucks for your pie and your coffee or whatever it is, the little cash transactions that you do all the time, there's no way to keep account of those, is there? What I tell my clients to do for that is much like what I tell them to do for car washes. You know, the good old coin car washes. Yeah. So you can either say, I'm not going to be bothered, mm. or you just keep a little note. And what you do is you take out 100 bucks a week, okay? Yep. This is not proof, but I'm going to come to explain it in a moment. And when you spend that 100 bucks a week on the lunch lady, you go, thanks, baby. <laughs> it's worth it. You're worth it. You say, I don't care about the money. And then what you do when you come tax time, yep. we've got your bank statement and you say to us, all right, you don't sit there dumb 
And by that, I mean silent. Mm. We say, is there anything else? And you say, yeah, my car washes, I had to pay coins. And at the lunch truck, I spent 10 bucks a day. Yeah. We pop that in there because when you have a set of accounts that goes to the ATO, if the ATO came back and we said, okay, we've got 95% of his expenditure covered by invoices. Yes. And you'll probably note here, sir, that every day at 12 o'clock where he would normally have, have lunch, you see how there's a gap? That's where he's buying his got lunch from Lady Doris. Yep. Now, that can tell us to go f*** yourself, but the point is you can say expenses fall into three categories. You've got once you have receipts for, they go in. Once it makes sense, but you don't have receipts for, we put them in. Because worst case scenario is the ATL can take it out, but they're not going to call you a lying yeah. And then you've got the ones where you get some dodgy who says, bought this pair of boots and they were 500 bucks, yeah. but I don't have a receipt. You say, well, you're going to have to jam that one, baby, because... A, we won't claim it, and B, if you ask us to do that again, you won't be a client. All right. Richer, safer, smarter. That's our philosophy. So where can people get hold of you? Obviously, there's the Facebook page. We've got multiple websites. So you've got Truckies Tax Accountants. Just Google, you'll see Truckies Tax Accountants. The Truckies Tax Accountants use another company of mine called wakethetruckup.com.au. So truckiestaxaccountants.com.au, wakethetruckup.com.au. And if you have trouble remembering that, betterTaxreturns.com.au. They all come to the same 28 people who are working their asses off from 4 a.m. to 11 p.m. seven days a week. Right, and it's over the phone. Yes. The days of going to brick and mortar are over, baby. Some geriatrics might still be doing that, and I don't mean because they're old, I just mean slow thinkers. These days, everything's done by phone, and certainly we will be sending you the information about ATO. We make sure that you're wise as to how you can claim it. Yep. We don't want to get into the discussion, oh, but my other tax agent said, I say, well, I don't care. Yeah. I don't want you to believe me versus him. Yep. I'm going to give you the link or the information or the phone number for the ATO, ask the horse. Yep. And then you go, good. And there's no cost or obligation. You sit down with us. If you don't like what you're hearing or if you don't like the results, just say, go f- yourself, be polite, but we don't charge unless you're wrapped. Yeah. So that's how confident we are that you're going to say, no one's taught me any of that. Yep. No one's done any of this. And here's what we focus. We're not going to be as cheap as those ITPs and HM blocks, but at the end of the day, if you're doing yourself for zero, you're paying some scuzzy wuzzy in the shopping mall 90 bucks to do it, you might get your $2,000 refund. You're either getting all 2000 of that, or you maybe paid 100 bucks, so you're getting 1900 If we're getting you 10000 but we're costing you 1000 you keep 9000 That's all we can guarantee. Yeah. And we guarantee that or don't pay. And you're the judge. So basically, how much is a basic straightforward? Uh... Basic straightforward tax return, which we rarely do, starts at one ninety nine. Right. That's one job, and that includes your clothing, all your tools, all the normal stuff you do. But when we start spending fifteen minutes, half an hour on your logbook, yep. that could be three ninety nine. If we work our asses off and get you another twenty thousand for travel, different costs come in. But at the end of the day, we present you with three options. We present you with the best option, which is let's say we found you thirty six grand. It's going to cost you a thousand bucks to get it. You say, okay, but my refund's going to be 18 grand, so I might want to go with that. We say, but what about the 199 option? So, yep, if we take out those, we get your refund of four grand, and it costs you 199. You go, well, a little bit less. But what about the guy who does it for free? I say, well, that guy got you two grand, it costs you zero. All you want to look at is how much money do I get to keep after I pay my fee? At the end of the day, that's all that matters. Right. So, the short story then is. You're basically getting what you're paying for. Correct. And it comes out of your return anyway, doesn't it? Correct. But that doesn't make it free. Hmm. So people say two things. It comes out of my refund, so I don't care. Yes, you do. And also, do I get the payment next year? Yes, you do. But what you care about is one number. Hmm. The refund less the fee. Yep. We guarantee the biggest. Okay? Plus, all year round, we have a free information line. All year round, we contact you once to twice a month, not to market anything, just to say, hey, Mr. Williams. You bought a new car and you moved house or changed job recently. Yeah. Oh, you have? Yeah. You better book in. We need to start a new logbook. Think about buying a rental property. So we contact our clients all year round with the ideology that by the time you come to the 30th of June with no work, bar photographing and keeping a new logbook, if you had to, or not keeping a new logbook because the one from four years ago is still valid, yeah. then everything's taken care of. Just keep us in the loop. Whether you're starting an ABN, when you're working in your TFN, you want to start a company. Yep. So whatever the structure is, we have a chin wag free. You only pay if you want the results. You can't offer a consumer any better than that. Yep. But I lie, one better. If after you've lodged, you go, I've changed my mind. I don't want to pay that much. I would like to take out the travel or the car. We remove it. We amend your tax return. We refund the fee. In short, you never pay unless you're happy. I've never heard an accountant say we've got different levels of anything that we can go and do before it. 
it is what it is, isn't it? That's, that's, what, that's what it's always been. Yep. Well, I am the Einstein of tax. <laughs> so you could say, oh, he's an arrogant prick, but at the end of the day, you want a genius on your payroll. I'm your genius. I'm on the payroll. I just want to get as much as I can get. Well, there you go. Because I give the buggers too much already. The four attributes I deliver, I make you smarter, I make you richer, I make you safer, and I make you laugh. Good on. There's none of my guys who don't have a good time when they do their tax. You said you've never heard of a tax accountant done that? Have you ever heard of a tax accountant where people are looking forward to doing their tax? That's me. No. It's like an anal probe. I make tax fun. My guys look forward to it every year as opposed to dreading it. Richer, safer, smarter, and laugh. No worries, mate. Well, thanks for talking to us, Ben. My pleasure. Thanks very much for your time. We'll see you on the road. Okay, cheers. Line number one, you're supposed to have it all together. And when they ask how you're doing, just smile and tell them, never better. We just wanted to stop by for a moment and say, g'day, how are you? No, I mean, how are you, really? Physical and mental health is a significant issue for the Australian road transport and logistics industries. Risk factors like long hours, workplace isolation, pressure to meet deadline deliveries and the need for continual alertness all contribute to making us vulnerable to physical and mental health issues. As much as it might feel that way sometimes, you are not alone. There are some incredible people and organisations in our industry whose sole focus is on helping you to stay healthy in body, mind and spirit. All these numbers and addresses are listed on our website at ontheroadpodcast.com.au. Take care of yourselves. We really just want to see everyone get home safe and well. G'day, I'm Darren. I'm listening to On The Road on the Australian Big Rig Roadshow. See weird things driving. I've never understood log trucks. Sometimes you'll be out on a highway, you'll see two big giant trucks, each loaded up with logs, and they pass each other on a highway. I don't understand that. I mean, if they need logs over there, and they need them over there, you'd think a phone call would save a whole lot of trouble. If you need signage or graphics for your truck, trailer, van, boat, equipment or business, the Sticker Shed is the fast and cost-efficient large-format digital print and vinyl cut graphic business that can meet all your needs. They specialise in signs, graphics, decals, stickers, banners, one-way window signage and even large-scale canvas prints. Don't be fooled by the name, the Sticker Shed has a fully mobile production facility which means they can manufacture your signage or graphics on the spot. Even if they're not in your area, they can still custom make your signs, stickers and graphics and ship them to you. For more information or to obtain a quote, send an email to brett at thestickershed.com.au, visit the Sticker Shed Facebook page or call Brett on 0412 105 151. The Sticker Shed, their business is making your business look great. I like to get on Facebook and have a bit of a listen to what's going on and have a look at the various pages. I was on the Driver's Advocate page the other day and this bloke named Reverend Simon Sideways popped up. They'd put his video there. And I thought this bloke had such a lot to say about where he's driving in the UK that's so similar to what we're enduring here in Australia. So I thought I might try and get him on the show. I've had a crack and he's interested to come on, but the time differences and things like that made it a little bit difficult. So we've ripped the audio off the video that was on Facebook so you can hear what he had to say. We've edited it a little bit, but none of the context is lost. This is what they're going through, the driver shortages and facilities in the UK. Apart from the English accent, the man could be talking about Australia. Have a listen, and if you've got anything to say about it, shoot us a message, and we'll make it something to talk about. So at the moment, you can see all over the news and everywhere else that there's a driver crisis, driver shortage for Class 1 and Class 2 vehicles. That is articulated and rigid, heavy goods vehicles. Um, And they're blaming a lot of this on Brexit, like they would do, uh, or COVID. 
Now, I won't say that those two aren't a contributory factor. However, they're not the main factor. The main factor is simple, money. If you do some digging around, you'll find out that at the moment there's 70,000 registered drivers who could legally, if they wish to, get behind the wheel, but they don't want to. And the reasons for this are the way drivers are treated and the wages. Um, the wages are shite. I'll make no bones about it. Uh, but they're getting better But at the moment because there are no drivers. Um, you hear drivers who have been in the industry for years go on about how much money they made in the 80s and uh, how it was a much better job and how you were respected and how you were treated better. Well, I'd have to take their word for it because I've only been driving heavy goods vehicles for the last sort of 10, 10 years or so. However, what happened, um, because they didn't want to pay drivers the correct rate, which is more than I should, well, definitely more than I'm earning at the moment, what they would do is they would get people at the army to apply. Then they decided that after, you know, we could get the Polish to come over and work, that they would use them. And that's exactly what they did. They used them. They keep the wages down. They flooded the market with drivers. Well, there was a lot more drivers. And the Polish worked because it was a lot more money and what the Poles were on back there. And who could blame them? However, the Poles soon realized that they were having the mickey taken. So they decided that they wanted more money. So in come the Romanians. And they, well, it's the same sort of story. Anyway, Polish people are now going home. Reasons being is they can earn more money than they could here back home and the cost of living is 30% less. You've got to look at also the CPC. The CPC was a, a course which originally when it came out, you could do the same module five times and then you've passed. Bit of a, well, bit rubbish. We'll put it that way. I've got to keep my swearing down because this could go out in all sorts of places. And a lot of people said, I'm not doing it. Why should I? I've been driving a truck for years and I'm not going to be told how to suck eggs. And that was their prerogative. However, I will say a lot of these CPC courses are boring. However, I have learned a few things, so I won't go on about the CPC. But then there was the way that the industry treat you. All of a sudden, a computer knows how to do the job better than you do. But the computer doesn't take into account certain variables. So when you have some young planner probably about 18 or 19 telling you you've been driving the truck badly or you haven't done this or you haven't done that it kind of gets up people's noses now a lorry driver is a certain kind of person leave him alone let him get on with the job and he's great get on his nerves and he can be a cantankerous git he or she um but we do a dangerous job i believe it's the third or fourth most dangerous in the uk at the moment uh, especially within the twilight hours which uh, lorry drivers are more prone to fall asleep and then we also we do really long hours so we don't get a great deal of time to spend with our families we also don't get a great deal of time to exercise so by the time we get home we're utterly shattered and it takes a toll on our health now you might say go get another job all right but who's going to get the stuff that you need to the shop so you can buy it because if things go on like this you will get food shortages you'll get shortages on all sorts of other stuff and at the moment the agencies and agencies have been about for a long time have been milking the prostate of this job quite well so if you imagine an agency offers me 12 pound 50 an hour how much on top of that do you think they're taking and yet the people who these agencies go in for will use say for instance the supermarkets so they're in at tesco's they're in a co-op they're in a Morrisons, they're in all the rest of them. Those people still want to earn drivers who go along and work for them full time, not a great wage, given the risk, given also the fact that if anything is wrong with that vehicle, that truck driver might have missed, and that could be within the load itself on the back. If that vehicle is all the way loaded right up into the bulkhead, do you think he knows whether it's all been completely strapped down if he can't get to it, or if there's any other problem? Not really, but if the vehicle gets pulled apart by DVSA, I think they're called, then he can get himself a fine, or more than one fine. Now, for every tonne that vehicle's overweight, it's a £1,000 to the driver. It's not looking so great now, is it? Now, I personally have worked for a company, which I won't name on here, that kept giving me a low plan saying the vehicle is all within weight. Was it hell? Because I then went to a place on my own and put it over a weigh bridge and found out I was four tonne over. That's £4,000 that I could have paid, all because they were cutting corners and deciding they wanted to send a double-decker trailer there rather than two single-deckers. So 
it's that and that was a big company within the industry and there are a lot of companies like that and if you complain well they'll just get rid of you because they still think that they've got the ability to treat all drivers like a piece of shit now drivers change jobs some of them fairly regularly because they don't like the way they get treated but then they go to another company it's all the same but ask yourself this if you paid those drivers what they're worth not what you can get away with right and treat them a little bit better I mean, how many times have I been to a place and I've said, have you got a toilet, mate? No, we haven't got a toilet for you. Imagine going 12 hours a day without being able to go for a piss. Or worse, the other one. It's not very good at all. And then at sometimes, these poor buggers have got a night out. And they can only night out in a lay-by. You get out and that lay-by stinks to high heaven of pee. Not very good. I could go on about this and go and list a long line of all the things that are wrong with the job. And you might say... Why are you doing the job? Well, two reasons. It's all I really want to do. I enjoy doing it. And I like working alone. I need the peace and quiet. Humans can sometimes get on my tits. I'm sure they can probably get on your tits. So what I do is I do this job to the best of my ability. I'm safe. I check the truck. I make sure it's all up together, which can cause you problems as well, because sometimes you'll have a a boss over you going, I'll just take it out. And you're like, it's not legal. What you're doing is not legal. So you can have that problem. But all I want to do is get a fair wage for a fair job. Now, for me to get into this industry cost me about two, two and a half grand. And then you've got the CPC. Now, the CPC, when it came out, seemed a way of milking drivers for a few more quid because you could do the same module five times and pass a course. Seems a bit odd, doesn't it, really? However, the CPC has got better and I've learned quite a few things on it. But at the moment, the government have been mentioning they're thinking about doing away with the CPC. Well, that might bring some of the drivers back into the industry that have left. And at the moment, there's 70,000 people on DVLA's books that are legal to drive one of these vehicles that choose not to. Some of the reason is, as I say, the wages, they could, get, they could go basically work in a warehouse up north and get paid more money. Why not? Standard hours, you know when you're going to be home, you're not taking any risk or you're taking a lot less risk and you're also not waiting for somebody around the corner to pull you up and go through your vehicle with a fine tooth comb hoping to god that you haven't missed anything and that the people who have loaded you on the back haven't made a mistake because if they have it's a big fine for you so there's no incentive at the moment for drivers to come into this industry the polish came over and they got used and now they've got wise because they can earn the same money back at home with well, it's about 30 or 40% less living costs. The Romanians had a go at it and decided they didn't fancy it. Not just that, that that money was also going back to another country, which isn't very good for our economy. But the other thing is, was a lot of drivers were coming over here from the Eastern Bloc. They were working X amount of months for the year, not paying any tax, and going back home and living jolly for a few months. When our drivers just wanted to get a fair day's wage for a fair day's work. Well, what's happened now is they've got to such a crisis, they're having to pay a lot more money. Now, I believe that co-op were actually paying £25 an hour plus £50 a day to turn up because they were so desperate. Yet, they're not paying their drivers that. Oh, no, 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 no. Their drivers are paid considerably less and also treated not particularly brilliantly. Um, there's a lot of drivers that come and go out of that place. So you have to ask yourself, if they're going to pay the agency £25, well, they're not paying the agency. The agency would be paying, say, for instance, this driver £25 an hour. So the agency's probably getting paid £50 an hour. Now, that's a massive loss that, say, for instance, Corp is making there. And yet the greedy so-and-sos won't raise the wage for their drivers. Now, that is pure greed. That's no other reason. They're willing to hemorrhage that amount of money for agency drivers and it's ongoing so it's not just a quick thing over the summer and then they've got Christmas to come and then it'll all be again so you have to say to yourself this is a thing that you could sort out yourself just pay the drivers a decent wage and treat them a bit better and you'll keep your drivers and you won't have to hemorrhage millions of pounds a month in driver costs to agencies it's just a thought but at the moment it's now going to become a driver's game. 
you can go, which is what I've just done. I said to my old agency who were taking the piss, pay me, pay me more or I'm off. They didn't think I would. So I did, I left and I've gone somewhere else and I've been paid more. Not just that, they're now sending me endless texts after text. You can earn more doing this. We can give it, pay you a load more doing that. Sorry, sunshine. This one's gone. And he's going to go around now. And he's going to go from job to job to job. Not mucking people about. But just working for a contract for a while. And when something else comes along. Move on to the next. Until the rate goes up and up and up. And I can actually afford to live properly. Because at the moment. There's people in unemployment. That can afford a couple of holidays a year. If allowed. Obviously due to COVID they won't be able to. But they had flat screens on the walls. And they had all these different things. And they weren't tired. And they weren't worn out. And they weren't having to on their one day off get all their washing done and clean the house and all the rest of it and then just go back to it. No, when somebody who's unemployed can actually make more money with kids than I can working, then you have to ask yourself, is the system is wrong? But it was just a thought and I thought I'd put this video out there because, well, I've been meaning to say something about it for a while, but there it is. Anyway, thanks for watching, liking, sharing and subscribing and I'll see you soon. On the Road News is brought to you by Big Rigs, Australia's national road transport newspaper. Hi Mike, news time again. How's things in the On the Road WA Bureau? Well, I'll tell you what, mate, it has been bucketing down here in Perth. I'm on my week off from my first swing in Port Hedland. Right. It was a beautiful, like, 27 degrees up there and I flew down into Perth, man, pouring. Just been terrible. Lovely. Anyway, so I'm holed up in the van with the missus. We're going to go and see Wave Rock tomorrow. We've had enough. We've looked at the weather. It looks like it's not raining over there. So we're going to hook the van up and go and have a look at Wave Rock. Why not? Do it while you can. Indeed. Now, mate, did you uh, hear this week about the old trucker who tried to attach a trailer to his truck only to find he had the wrong equipment for the hookup? <laughs> Righto. It went off without a hitch. It did. <laughs> <laughs> oh, mate. Every week. Yeah, I know. Without... Where do you find this stuff, mate? I don't, I don't know, but it's fairly deep when I dig it up, I can tell you. I'll tell you what, it should stay deep, some of it. Now, mate, this week, the bloke you find yourself agreeing with far too often, Labor Senator Glenn Stirl, mm. has hit the road on a 3,000-kilometre charity road trip that they're calling Waste to Wages. What's that all about? Mate, he's got some stuff that's been donated. They're going to take it up there and they're going to flog it off and give it away and do all that sort of stuff. Hmm. I find it interesting that he's timed it. I'm on my week off from up there and he's going up there. <laughs> it could say something about the fact he's avoiding me. That's what it is. Yeah. No, he's not. He's a great mate. I actually spoke to him on the phone before he left and I was going to try and catch up with him. But unfortunately, I slept in, so I missed out. Hmm. He's teamed up with some people up there and he's taken up 100 brand new mattresses and you know, all sorts of stuff. They left Perth yesterday morning, bound for Kununurra in the far north of Western Australia. It's actually only a couple of hundred k's up the road from where I'm working. Yep. They will first deliver a shipping container full of mattresses and bedding, which has been donated by Bedshed and the Ocean Beach Hotel. And then they're going to go to Fitzroy Crossing and parts up there. They've got containers full of donated furniture, some second-hand stuff, some recycled stuff, which is going to revive. The Waste to Wages began last year after Glenn Stirl met with the East Kimberley Job Pathways Group, which is a local organisation in Kununurra. So right. it's all about creating some job opportunities and Waste to Wages, which trains and now employs Aboriginal youth to collect and repair recyclable items which would otherwise be destined for landfill. Okay. It's a great little thing, and I will catch up with him at some stage. Disappointed to see it wasn't in a pink truck, though. No, well, it could have been in a pink truck. No. I don't know. But uh, no, it's not going to be in a pink truck. No. You can follow the trip. Just go to the story at the bigrigs.com.au news page. And at the bottom of the story, there's a little click here button and you can see where they are. Now, a New South Wales police officer has instructed a truckie on his way home from a Newcastle Sydney return run mm. that he had to go straight home and self-isolate for 14 days. Oh, what a load of rubbish this mm. is. I mean, mate, I've been talking to all sorts of people this week about this just trash, you know. Yeah. Now, Road Freight New South Wales CEO Sam O'Hara is just beside himself with frustration with all this. And as many of the listeners know, up until recently I worked in New South Wales. I've been up and down that road many times. This poor guy stopped at the Wyong northbound service centre. Mm. The police have got no idea. The left hand doesn't know what the right hand's doing. The politicians can't make their mind up. 
It's a minefield. It's an absolute minefield. Yeah. People don't seem to realise that trucks run up and down between Newcastle every day. They cart steel, they cart containers, they cart all sorts of stuff up and down there. Mm. These guys don't get out of their damn trucks. Yep. They might stop at the uh, Caldex at Wyong to go and answer nature's call or something, mm. or get a soft drink or something like that. They're not going in. They're not socialising. They're at work. Mm. And the police officer directed this bloke to head directly home and self-isolate for 14 days. Now, the impact that that has on a business, it virtually shut this bloke down. Oh, yeah. So are we all going to self-isolate all over the place? I mean, we're all very, very concerned about this COVID thing and all the rest of it. And I've got my own opinions on that. And anyone that follows me on Twitter, it's well known what I really think about it because I don't make a secret of it. Yeah. But the question is, how many truckies have been the focal point for COVID outbreaks? Yeah. Answer? Zero. None that I know of. Yeah. You've got guys running around up and down the country all the time. We have to make the point that truck drivers and trucks carry this country. They've been regarded as essential workers. Now we can't even go to the toilet in a roadhouse, and that's another story I'm going to dig into shortly. Yeah. So the problem with it is is that there's no communication. The police don't know what they're doing. You've got a few of them out there who are really enjoying it a little bit too much, in my opinion. Yep. And O'Hara's been standing up. He's ropeable. He reckons that he's going to name and shame roadhouses that don't provide services to truckies, and I'm with him 100%. I'll name them too. There you go. I'm only just getting wound up, mate. Yeah. Moving right along, according to the NHVR, fears that their Fatigue Choices program is going to keep drivers on the road for longer yep. couldn't be further from the truth, they say. <laughs> I'll just call bullshit. Yeah. <laughs> Please explain to me the logic. <laughs> if you make it legal for people to be on the road longer, yep. how are they not going to end up on the road for longer? Yeah. What grub is not going to say, you can do that, that's legal, Oh, and by the way, if you don't do that, the door's over there. Yeah. Mate, I've been playing this stupid game for long enough to know that that's what'll happen. Yeah. So they get some young bloke who's just come into the game who hasn't got the intestinal fortitude to stand up to the boss and say, no, I'm not doing that, I'm not up to it. Mm. And that's no reflection on the young bloke. He wants his job. He wants to pay his bills just like everybody else. Yep, understandable. But there'll be some freight forwarder or there'll be some scheduler who'll schedule this bloke for a trip using every available second of the day, mm. expect it to be done, and when it doesn't, it's the driver with an attitude problem. It's the driver who's not a team player. Yep. It's the driver where it all lands all the time. And that's what happens. So for the NHVR to come out and say this, for what's-his-name Blahouse to say, now, I believe that there are reasons for uptake of the AGM lags well behind and, you know, it's a hangover from the days of third-party consultation process and all that sort of stuff. Mm. I don't know a driver that wants to work 15, 16 hours a day. Not one. Mm. Me included. Mm -hmm. I'm wound up now, mate. It's your fault. That's a red rag for me, that one. <laughs> National Road Freighters Association are hoping that they're going to persuade the NHVR to go with other options or uh, things like that. Old mate Trevor Warner's put in a, a submission to them. Mm. and so is Glyn Castanelli from Victoria. They've lodged a couple of applications, and all of a sudden, people seem to be listening to what's going on. If we just had one ounce of common sense for one minute, you could look at what happens in WA. You could apply that model across the whole country with the whole work diary thing. You could scrap the work diaries. You can have your electronic work diaries. You can have the WA model. It then would truly be a national model it's a pragmatic model. It allows guys to get on with and do the job and give them the flexibility that they all whine that they don't have on the East Coast. Mm. And there's no bureaucratic rubbish involved. It's perfect. And that's why the NHBR won't do it, in my opinion. They don't get their finger in the pie. It beggars belief that there's not a national system. It's just crazy. Well, you know, and ours the same here in Western Australia. It is in New South Wales or Queensland. We're two hours behind you. Mm. But an hour's an hour. That's it. Mental. It's absolutely mental. Because mm. one of the key things is drivers will work the hours so that they have a framework they can work to. Yep. It's just crap. So there's 10 things that they look at. Scheduling and rostering, readiness for duty, fatigue, knowledge and awareness, responsibility, internal reviews, blah, 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 blah. Mm. Tick all the boxes and you can have the hours, you know. Pay the fee and you can put the extra ton on. It's what the NHVR do. It's how they roll. Yeah. It's a disgrace.
Well, my last story for the week, and I hate to rub it in, but when I was at the Brisbane Truck Show, yeah. I had a chat with the Kenworth National Sales Manager about the new SAR legend. Yep. He informed us in that interview that this highly sought-after model would be open to buyers in a one-day-only sale. Sounds like a supermarket, doesn't it? It does, yep. Well, the sale has happened, and you've got some news about how it all went for Kenworth on the day. One day only, come on down, get your SAR legend specced up however you want it to be specced up, pretty much. Yeah. About 400,000, 490,000 or something they averaged. Mm. Kenworth have sold more than 700 of these bad boys in one day. Holy cow. Right? Yeah. 700. That's like it's several hundred million dollars worth of trucks. Mm-hmm. It's going to keep the boys at Bayswater busy into the wee hours yeah. for the whole next year. I don't think, you know, the last bloke that got his order is not getting his until the year after next, I think. Mm. They've sold in one day the amount of trucks that Volvo would be happy to sell in a year. Yeah. It's just crazy. Anyone that said there's no appetite in Australia for old school American curl, mm. there's your object lesson right there. Wouldn't it have been nice to have 400 plus thousand just spare in your pocket? Go and buy one of them, mm. put it in the shed and leave it there. <clears throat> yeah, mate, I'll tell you what. Bring it out again in about 30 years' time. Yeah. There's your retirement fund. Yeah, they won't depreciate, I don't think. No. I'll tell you what, mate, I reckon that's my secret Santa sorted. You'd go and get me one, did you? Well, there goes the surprise for you now. <laughs> have to think of something else. I said that on Facebook and someone said, because I've moved to the Western Australia abyss, I'm not a bottom <laughs> one. <laughs> You're off the Christmas list. I'm off the Christmas list, mate. Yeah. Geez, they're a good-looking truck, though. Oh, aren't they what? They really are a good-looking truck. I love them. Love them. Hey, I just want to have a quick chat while we're on the news about the what's on where and all that sort of stuff. Yeah. Big Rigs have got a what's on where diary in the news section. I'd just like to point out to people that's there, mm-hmm. and it details the things that are planned to be on over the next several months. There's a bit of interesting stuff going on. Yeah. Probably one of the most interesting ones is the National Transport Hall of Fame reunion, which is 23rd to the 29th of August in Alice Springs. So if you're getting around there for that one, that's probably a good one. You know, there's a few dinners and awards nights and things like that. I mean, not everyone's into that. Another important one is the Lights on the Hill Memorial Convoy, which is October 2-3 at Gatton yep. in Queensland. Yep. Convoy for Kids in Sydney on October the 23rd. And, of course, the Illawarra Convoy for Kids, which is close to my heart, is November 21. Yeah. So hopefully these things can go ahead. Brisbane Convoy for Kids on November the 6th. So just have a look there. It's in the news section. What's on where event diary. And that's pretty much it, mate. I didn't even do a beep, 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 beep for you this week. I've got nothing. No. Can't have a breaking news every week or we'd end up looking like Channel 7. <laughs> For our listeners who are wondering what all that noise is in the background, apparently since moving to Perth, Mike has become a pirate, and that's his parrot that's, sitting on his shoulder. That's exactly right. <laughs> it's a big black one, mate, and it's in the tree right behind me. Yeah, he's singing away happily there. He is. It's wonderful, isn't it? Yeah. Nature, mate, nature. Yeah. Well, my thoughts for the week. Yes. The difference between genius and stupidity is that genius has its limits. <laughs> it's true. Yep. Oh, I think that's so true. No, it's true, 100%. Yeah. And secondly, it's better to remain silent and have people think that you're a fool than to speak out and remove any doubt about it. (laughs) Something I should have learned about sometime. (laughs) (laughs) All right, well, that's the news, buddy. You have a great week, what's left of it, and... um, We'll see you on the road. We will indeed. Well, maybe not, but I'll think about you on the road. How's that, mate? Well, if we see each other on the road, one of us is hopelessly lost. <laughs> Take a left turn at the roundabout at Kuma. Yeah. <laughs> For those who know me know the story. It was really funny. It's funny now. It wasn't then. <laughs> yeah. All right, mate. Cheers. Right, mate. Ta-da. I borrowed Mike's state-of-the-art breaking news sound effect for this late news just in. Beep, 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 beep. The TWU has warned that a proposed truckie strike would cripple food and fuel supplies across the country. The proposed strike is in response to a breakdown in pay negotiations with Toll, with an application to the Fair Work Commission to hold a vote to go on strike as early as mid-August. The union has stated that Toll's push for a substandard enterprise agreement is aimed at slashing pay and conditions in Toll yards to win work from wealthy retailers and manufacturers by offering lower rates with the move affecting almost 7,000 toll workers. TWU New South Wales Branch Secretary and Lead Negotiator Richard Olson said that toll workers take pride in their jobs and do not take the decision to go on strike lightly, but toll management has left them no choice but to pursue this. 
We've been following this story for you from the beginning and we will of course bring you more news on this as soon as it comes to hand. To read the full story, go to the Big Rigs news page. For all the latest industry news, go to www.bigrigs.com.au Hello, I'm Quid and I'll listen to On the Road on the Australian Big Rig Roadshow. Just a quick word about our sponsors. Go to our webpage, www.ontheroadpodcast.com.au You can see who the friends of the show are. And if their products are something that you're interested in or something that you may need, please support them because they support us and they bring our show to you. Kermie here from Trucking with Kermie. I listen to On The Road Podcast every week on the Australian Big Rigs Road Show. And when that's done, you might like to pop over to Trucking with Kermie on Facebook for my take on trucking and the people who make the industry what it is. Catch you over there, and in the meantime, take care of you. I'm in the wild, wild west. I've abandoned the eastern states and gone west. The reason why I've gone west is simply because I had trouble dealing with the border closures and all that sort of stuff. I wanted to see the grandchildren and so did my partner. We decided that we would head to Western Australia, get to know our grandchildren that are over here a little bit better and take opportunities that I wouldn't have received on the East Coast. It wasn't an easy choice though. I had a good job with a good company, good gear, good money and the road to retirement plan was well underway. I honestly thought I would retire at Unidera Tankers. JJ and the boys there, fantastic to work with, and I really enjoyed working there. And if I ever end up back in New South Wales, I'd like to think that I'd get a go back there again, and I'm pretty sure I would. For right now, I'm in the wild, wild west. What I thought was going to be the wild, wild west. It's not really very wild over here, but it's very, very west, and they've got a very, very different attitude over here to trucking than exists in the eastern states. To be perfectly frank with you, I find it refreshing. I really do. I thought there were no logbooks in Western Australia, but I was wrong about that. There are our accounting requirements over here, and you do have to fill out a worksheet. It is handed to the boss at the end of the day, and it's kept to be audited, and there are rules that you have to play by. They're just different to what they are in the East Coast, and it's not a yellow book with a red binding on it that the Highway Patrol go through at the drop of a hat and find you eye-watering fines for. Now, that's not to say you can't get an eye-watering fine in Western Australia, because I've got no doubt that you can. The difference is that it's not being enforced by the police over here. It's an occupational health and safety work cover chain of responsibility environment rather than an enforcement environment on the road. So it makes a difference to the way people feel about it. It makes a difference to the way it works. And the other thing about it is the hours requirements are very, very different. They're much more in line with this AFM policy that the NHVR are so enamoured with at the moment. I honestly don't know why, if they want to go down this path, they don't simply scrap the 12 and 14 hour book idea, adopt the Western Australian logbook hour accounting approach, and do it that way. It works. It's flexible. It works. And for those of you who are into the technology idea in the cab, it works on MT Data. I know that because I've been using an MT Data system with the Western Australia program in it for the last week, and the way it counts the brakes, the way it does what it does, it's no different to any of the other systems, and it certainly does seem as though it's a hell of a lot easier to work with. No 15-minute blocks, nothing like that. You don't lose time. You do have to take your breaks, but you don't lose rounded up and rounded down minutes. The other thing I've noticed over here, which is vastly different, is we don't seem as though we like the idea of airbags on trailers. What's a road-friendly suspension? Well, over here, a road-friendly suspension is rocker boxes and springs. You would think that given the loads and the weights and things like that that they carry over here and the doom and gloom that's been portrayed by the road managers in the eastern states, the roads would be abysmal and torn to shreds over here. Funnily enough, they're not. The roads are in pretty good shape over here, I've found in general. 
Some of them are a bit narrow and some of them are a bit agricultural, but they're a lot better than some of the roads in the eastern states, let me tell you. And the trucks and the amount of truck movements on the roads, the size and the weights being carried are absolutely mind-blowing. I've been operating trucks over here that if I was operating on the Yume Highway and the NHVR caught me, you'd be grounded until you were dead. It's ridiculous. 375 mil tyres on the steer will get you 7 tonne. A triaxle drive on the prime mover? No problem. Run it on the highway? No problem at all. 23.5 tonne on that little grouping. Double road train with a uh, triaxle dolly, triaxle trailers? 100 tonnes. Now, that would get you grounded until hell froze over. And you're allowed to do 100 kilometres an hour. I just can't understand why the eastern states take the view that they do. Certainly running up and down the Yume Highway, why couldn't you run that sort of a combination? I don't understand. I really don't. Maybe I'm just misguided. But they seem to certainly take a far more pragmatic view over here. And I think the eastern states could learn from that. The biggest and probably the most gratifying thing I've noticed since I've been in the Wild West is a level of comradeship, mateship and work relationships between the, the drivers. I found it reminds me of days gone by. Maybe it's because there's a different attitude. It might be the weather, might be something in the water, I don't know. But it's certainly different and it's certainly nice. Blokes will say good day to you, they'll give you a hand. I'm sure that in some places of the country that may be different and certainly in some places of Western Australia it may even be different. But where I'm working right now, it feels like 20 years ago. It's quite nice. And they're not afraid to train over here. Maybe it's because there's a shortage of experienced drivers. Maybe it's because of other reasons. I don't know. But it's certainly refreshing that people are not afraid to train drivers over here. Company I've gone to work for, I'd hate to think how much it's cost them to get me over here to where I am and go through the stuff they've gone through with me to get me ready to do what I'm going to be doing in the near future. And that's driving one of the largest high-productivity road-going trucks combinations in the world. They tear around the 60-ton mark a little bit more, and they're grossing over 200 tonnes on the road, and they're doing 90 kilometres an hour. It's going to be a challenge. They call it the wild, wild west, but I'll tell you what, from what I've seen over here, it's not wild, it's thoroughly professional. And these guys do a great job. They really do. It's not all beer and Skittles over here, though. Some of the wages on offer on some of the jobs are absolutely appalling. The rest areas are few and far between. Roadhouses are also few and far between. A decent meal and a shower is pretty elusive sometimes. It's not the Yume Highway, after all. It's a bloody big state, Western Australia. But Australia's a big country. And there seems to be a lot that could be learned by the eastern states if they had a pragmatic look at what's done here in Western Australia. So I've taken this fly-in, fly-out job. I'm looking forward to the challenge of driving these big trucks. Let's see what happens. I'll keep you posted. We'll see you on the road. Taking us out of the show for this week, it's another great song from the singing Irish trucker, Marty Moan, telling us all it's time to slip the clutch. Slip the clutch in the bullnose truck, I'm heading for the boat. Well, I never say goodbye to the woman this time, but I left for a note. Well, I'm up three steps in heaven, well, on the high with a hell, and I know it'll be a while before I say goodbye, because I know you're looking well. Touching the button, no struck, I'm heading for the boat. Well, 
that's our show for this week. Thanks for coming along for the ride. On the Road is proudly brought to you by NTI, Australia's leading transport and logistics insurer. Be sure to join us again next week when Mike says... Sorry, I've confused myself. Andy says... Makes you feel any better, you confuse me too. And our guest says... My dog is just going crazy for some reason. Until we catch up with you again next week, play nice with each other and most of all, stay safe out there. Bye for now. The team here at On The Road believe in the right to free speech and whilst we might not always be in agreement with the views of our guests and contributors, we support their right to hold and express those opinions. For the council with airbikes bouncing The tipping ram's still up Had a tip the load while still on the go Cause I hadn't got time to stop Hauling mail and grain of boats and trains And island bikes and drink And driving like hell And set a self-propelling Hoping she don't sink If your loved one's out Come home on the bounce And get super hampton boots Buy a loaf and a beard coat And 20 laps for the roof Pick it on plus and 40 foot behind 24-7 on the old It's a big-